0: Check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. You're listening to The Frankie Files. Files FrankieFilesPodcast.com Hey everybody! Frankie here with a live Reddit talk extra episode for you again. This one's about Nexium and the survivor Tabby Chapman. She's a counselor on the subject of cults and she's working on her doctrine too. And she talks to us about this as well as her survival, uh, season two, her twins and the activity they have online and more. Join us for this live Reddit talk and enjoy. Um, she was directly recruited by Allison Mack in Nexium, and was in there for seven years. And the recruitment method is detailed in our episode 36, I believe, of Frankie Files podcast. I'm your host today, Frankie. And give me one more minute while I wait for Tabby here in August. And each week focuses on action um, to... Take on, check out tabbychapman.com while you wait for more. She's also the creator of the international cultawareness.org. So that's the month of August going forward. This was the first year in August. And each week focuses on action um, to take on multiple types of cults, one-on-one cults, large group awareness training, religious cults, political cults, she's, she's diving deep into helping people deal with all of that. So we are early. So stand by, get your coffee. All right. Thank you. I'm finally, I'm finally here. I made it. (laughs) Tabby. Hey, I'm sorry to hit you early. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so happy to have you.
1: No problem. Um, can you hear me well? It's perfect. Excellent.
0: This week I'm
1: on, on my, uh, what are those, the new airpods
0: so oh cool okay yeah. yeah sometimes they cut in and out depending on the person's wi-fi but it sounds perfect all right I true confessions i usually stand for this uh but i was on a uk radio program this morning so i got up at like 3 a.m <laughs> nice <laughs> it has been a long day had to take that old person's nap and here i am <laughs>
1: I, I was I I just went to bed at three a.m. and still had to take the old person's nap, so I can relate.
0: Wait a minute, you're not even an old person. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm forty. I'm, let's see, how old am I now? I think I'm forty-three or something. Like that. It's I'm cute. Sure. How old am I now? <laughs> you I'm sound in that like age. Uh-huh. <laughs> I share a birthday with my twin, and you have twins. That's one of our connections. But um, yeah, I'm technically over fifty now. I. I can get the senior citizens discount at Denny's, I guess. I don't know, uh, <laughs> but I have a young attitude, uh, because you gotta stay ready for life.
1: <laughs>
0: and we had an official interview episode 36, which was totally amazing. I encourage people to check that out where you told us your whole story, Allison Max recruitment of you trick of you got to take these courses if you want to be my webmaster turned into seven years of your life and today i just thought we would snag you back into this conversation um to hear your thoughts on season two of the vow and i believe you were in season one several episodes right no i, I was not in the vow i was in uh, seduced that's right yeah. They all, the, oh, I'm sorry about getting confused on these titles. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> There's so many cult documentaries now, which I applaud. Seduced. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Tell us about that real quick. Would you mind? Yeah.
1: So Seduced, it's, it was called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cults, um, with directors, uh, Cecilia, Cecilia peck Vol and, in Bell mm-hmm. um, and, uh, Morgan Proferl. And it was a really great experience for me. Um, we, it was, it was so strange because somehow there was some kind of undertone of competition between us and the Val, but we didn't really perceive it Mm -hmm. that way. Um, Mm -hmm. we perceived it as we're all trying to help the world become a less cultic place, you know? So
0: (laughs) yeah, expose, more expose.
1: Yeah. Like the more information out there, the more, let me, let me rephrase this. And this was a big push for, say, uh, seduced as well, uh, for Cecilia and the more trauma-informed, um, mm-hmm. the more trauma-informed documentaries out there, the better, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of documentaries tend to just, well, I want to present both sides, which is fine. It really is fine, but mm-hmm. there is still a way to present both sides in a trauma-informed way, you know?
0: Yeah. So uh, you can represent the survivors that open their mouth with great bravery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And,
1: and, you know, I, while I was working with the seduced people, they, they were so conscientious of this all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we were often baffled when, even now when we read, um, you know, news articles and stuff comparing the two, we're just like, okay, well, we're not, we weren't trying to compete, (laughs) you know, we're just, trying to tell a different kind of story you know? i'm
0: guessing so, that's an hbo thing they're super competitive and corporate you know corporation yeah so. maybe yeah
1: but um and it, i think it's just natural for for viewers to to yeah. also compare the details and the oh, facts yeah. and stuff like that so i so i did not watch um the season one vow because i was not okay. quite as far along in in my healing journey i didn't either yeah <laughs> true um, confessions okay okay <clears throat> um and I do plan to go back and do it um Mm -hmm. I just and there's a couple of books like I I got I only got through half of Sarah Edmondson's um yeah book and and I let her know that you know but because she and I were uh pretty good acquaintances um yeah yeah or or, are I shouldn't say were um and so yeah so there's a few things that I that I just couldn't finish because of my re- emotional response to stuff and and as i go along with my trauma healing that then, then i'm able to be like separate myself even more from the situation so it's yeah. helpful. so well, i did I, tune in i deal to with that episode. all the time yeah True
0: confessions yeah. what you're talking about is something i've just been figuring out how to balance because like i want to go full hog all the time um learning about cults and exposing cults but it's like as a survivor of uh, know i'm not trying to spend in all day in bed crying either just to get it done so uh yeah it's tricky yeah it is um and i
1: and i can relate to you because i'm doing my dissertation on um like well i'm still trying to decide the topic but possibly on public perception of cults, which is part of the reason why i do these podcasts because of everyone's perception that like I, i can't believe you know such stupid people would get involved with cults and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know just comments that that are said and so you know i'm interested in doing a quantitative study on public perception so that we can learn like the okay. areas which we need to focus on for awareness and change you know so well as that's far one as topic
0: that in. that's ginormous um so this is for your masters uh no this is for my phd yeah okay okay and so because one of the earliest um, really listened to podcasts number two that I did when I just wanted to get it off my chest was about victim shaming. And you say public perception of cults and cult members, holy God, it is incredible how um, you know, instead of looking at how there's a system in place that endorses the uh, intake and spitting out of humans, called cults. instead of that, people would much rather say, well, you know, you, you were weak, you, you were vulnerable or, you know, and I'm like, I was a child, <laughs> how are you going to explain that? Exactly. Yeah. The S.T.A.S. <laughs> have nothing to
1: do with any of that. So,
0: yeah, um, yeah. So and, I'm know, glad to hear that. That's a big yeah. topic.
1: So you hear a lot of, you know, it takes a certain kind of person to join a cult, mm-hmm. no, it just takes, a. and I always respond with no, it just takes a certain, a certain a kind of moment to join a cult you know and coercive moment or not even coercive it's just when a person's needs are met in a certain way mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. okay when you yeah. yeah so it could be any person um and yeah so it's just it's just it's super interesting to me that there are certain topics out there where people are like well oh, i would never and you know that, that that's common like people yes. think in the in the in the ideological you know Perspective all the time, it, when we come to like popular topics like abortions, you know, young mm-hmm. teenagers who have never had a need f- to even think of such things form their opinions about what they would or would never do. You know, mm-hmm. so we're kind of conditioned to start thinking in ways that we of things that we would or would never do, but we ultimately we don't really know until we're faced with the the needs. You know, the
0: the temptation yes. of getting that need met. You know, and and so in. S- to to jump into the vow a little bit with you know same topic here but specifics on um uh, the hbo show that's airing now oh my gosh um to see people who've been manipulated to the point of believing um that keith Raniere is still correct even though he's been sentenced to 120 years in jail um reminds me of how much work we have to do in public perception it's like if someone can get that manipulated in a group setting where they're paying it isn't like a personal lever that's one thing but a business an endorsed you know legitimate business does this to people okay this is really incredible and what did what are your thoughts on the people that still gave testimony supporting him And saying that it was all consensual, it was all on the up and up.
1: Well, there's a few things. Um, There are some limitations in what I can say uh, for various reasons, but, but there's a a few thoughts that I always have as a, as a therapist, a psychotherapist um, and, or marriage and family therapist, I should say specifically, but um, is that the, the, there's two, I, I think there's two or three things going on. The first thing is um, when a person's got more to lose by giving it up than they do by staying. So, um, yeah, when, when a person's entire existence and identity is wrapped around in the the group that they've joined, or in the um, or in the person that they're following, yeah. and they have they perceive that their entire life will be completely and utterly destroyed and mm-hmm. they will feel a deep amount of shame and humiliation that they just cannot cannot deal with you know if they give it up now this is probably all a subconscious decision nothing they're not sure. necessarily sitting around going you know i really just don't want to feel that level of shame mm-hmm. um, but it 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 does manifest and not not to kind of use the way that that we were taught in the cult, but it does kind of manifest in the more physiological sense where uh, when we think about walking away from something like that we become very anxious and sick Mm -hmm. to our stomachs or something like that and then that kind of uh, cognitive dissonance um sorry let me rephrase that that sort of cognitive dissonance kind of keeps us in our same environment because we just don't want to feel that 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 fear of what it would mean to walk away you know
0: hmm so so is that you think that that goes back all the way back to like that death anxiety that fear of like that robert j lifton talks about um what keeps us in a coercive like a uh, peer pressure moment is you know i don't want to be alone and i don't want to die alone yeah so some of it can go back to that um sometimes
1: i think a lot of people are afraid of the journey in between uh, and how horrible that might be for them you know yeah so uh so the ridicule sure. that could come you know i uh the there there's already a certain amount of ridicule that goes towards this group of people um that is obviously causing them pain because they talk about it you know so uh we have yeah. a, we have what, a court case coming up next week Far, okay. from one of those people against um, the makers lionsgate with um, with the seduced documentary and he's claiming you know defamation so um it's obvious okay. that they're feeling that sense of public ridicule which is that perce- you know public perception of victims that I'm talking about. Um yeah. and so even it, it, it's also difficult when a person doesn't want to acknowledge themselves as a victim. So we hark back to the Manson family, you know, yeah. where the, the women um, did horrible, horrible things. They were also victims of, of Charles Manson. And, and they, some of them still to this day do not give up that, that position, you know, right. in the family. So, well, yeah. Well, I, so it I'm... was
0: interesting dynamic. Okay. You're stimulating my thinking here. Um, one of the unique things about the Nexium case is that Nexium was disbanded or put out of business by federal uh, trial, and then the leader went to prison. I don't think there's too many cults that are broken up like that, and I I imagine there's a large group of people who feel a sense of incomplete, no resolution. There wasn't a kumbaya meeting right before everyone left, I'm sure. You know, like so I I see the dividing line based upon, you know, just emotions that were not able to be dealt with. Uh when, if I'm not mistaken, Nexium was broke up by the trial. Well,
1: um Nexium wasn't, I mean, I, I think that the business itself was dissolved by the trial um but businesses are ran by people and so i think Mm -hmm. you know you still see remnants of that out there or you still see groups okay uh of dang you know like the the dossier project and things like that um groups of people who are still sort of uh, holding Mm. the torch um and so that's that i don't i don't necessarily think that the belief systems are Are dead or are disbanded. Hold on one second, right,
0: right. Well, what do you? What are your feelings about that as an ex-member? Just,
1: just one second.
0: Baby issues. She's got twins, y'all. And uh, by the way, mothers, single moms of twins, are actually angels
1: disguised as (laughs) people
0: my my mom tells us stories about how we would never sleep on the same schedule we're four minutes apart identical we would never sleep on the same schedule she's like 24 hours so she had to obviously get help from grandma
1: (laughs) yeah he he's at the age where he wants me to spell everything for him and i'm trying to teach him not that i want to be lazy but i'm trying to teach him that just ask siri (laughs) just ask siri and siri will teach you how to do Uh spider spider web. spider web (laughs) spider gwen see these are the important things in life Gwen versus web gwen spider gwen okay well (laughs) anyways so thank you for your patience with that um so babies can have q a too (laughs) they're just different questions questions. (laughs) they have their own gaming channel so if you want to look at it it's flame and bolts plug 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 oh they would they would love more subscribers they they had four subscribers and one of them was grandma and grandma is not with us (laughs) anymore oh no oh
0: R.I.P. grandma (laughs) so (laughs) uh,
1: yeah so going back to what was the question that you had asked i'm sorry the spider oh no
0: no no we were talking about we were talking about the vibe of having the nexium organization split up pretty much by a trial and having a lot of unresolved issues amongst members maybe a lot of people holding the flame some people like yourself are more activists against this type of structure Mm -hmm. um lot going on yeah I, i feel like you know i i feel like that
1: part of part of what i am working towards in even in my dissertation is that part of the reason one of the main reasons why people stay in horrible situations is because they don't have the resources or, or they're not even aware that resources exist outside of that. So, like, they're in this insular situation. They don't usually have any money that, because that's one of the first things that goes. They don't usually have any friends on the outside because right. Right. Uh, that's one of the first things that goes. And with SGAs, all of their friends are... are with insular within, so within the, uh, the organization um sta you know, uh, i'm sorry second generation um so people who were okay. born in the cults like yeah i think like yeah. in your circumstances right so um, actually have...
0: i was um daniella would be a born in and then i would be like a. I was at eight eight to 22 okay okay so pre chi-
1: yeah a child in uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. um but anyway so their, their whole like social structure is built around the cult, uh, you know? Yeah. And so it there's was. nothing hopeful on the outside,
0: right? So. No, but, there's nothing to escape to because right. the landscape is hell outside of here, basically. So the landscape is hell. There's no money. Where are
1: you going to live? What are you going to mm-hmm. eat? Who are you going to talk to? Because mm-hmm. everyone knows they'll be ostracized the minute that they leave, right? That's so, exactly right. Yeah, and so that's one of the major barriers, in my opinion, of course, and okay. that's one of the things I'm trying to test for in my dissertation, obviously. Wow. Is, is the, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of people who ask domestic violence victims, like, why do you stay? And I don't want it to come off like like that. It's not the question of why do you stay. It's a question of what will help you leave, right? So, um, mm-hmm. and so the, mm-hmm. the theory is that people... If resourced enough, then most people would leave when they can, right? So yeah. um, So in that case, the the people who are still holding the torch, we just—they just haven't. And this is maybe oversimplifying it, but they just—they haven't found the right, quote, enough resources for themselves, right? So
0: well, and um, to draw an an, um, analogy to the war in Ukraine that's going on. Uh, what is the off-ramp for Putin how can he get out of this and save dignity is anyone going to give him one this is kind of what I hear with you saying okay how can someone dignified uh, without losing everything leave a quote I left with a dollar in my pocket for the bus right yeah (laughs) not one more thing and not Mm -hmm. even knowing where my family was I had to find them by accident I mean it's designed like that Mm -hmm. so you're right we are surrounded by a moat and this is such an interesting so basically you're coming at your thesis from what would be the resources needed if someone uh wanted to leave yes and it's going to be different for every person but
1: but even knowing the categories of resources to be available Mm -hmm. so you know cult victims are very similar to domestic violence victims yeah. and and but um yeah. one of the one of the primary differences is that cults tend to have an intersectionality of um sorry that's my phone of criminal behavior that are that's occurring with them it could be you know trafficking pne labor trafficking i mean sexual uh-huh. domestic violence assault right. child abuse like just anything in in those lists you you know, you list it, it it's probably there and domestic violence tends to have a smaller amount of, of those things occurring. Tends to, um, of course, there's always outliers. But um, mm-hmm. so, while we can try to use the model of domestic violence for cult victims, um, it's not going to hit everyone. So you'll have a, even a larger amount of torch bearers, if you will, uh, right, because. Right. We can provide needs as if they are domestic violence victims, which is kind of what the Freedom Train does, um, because that's what the resources that we have right now.
0: but org,
1: yeah, the Freedom Train Project um, okay. But but we we still can't hit everyone because there's a whole intersection of that. Like in in hey Tabby, did you say that, the Freedom Train? Well, the the business name is the Freedom Train, uh-huh. um, the Freedom Train Project. But yeah, the website is the
0: thefreedomtrainproject.org. I'm putting it in the chat. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So um, so Thanks. I guess so. What I'm saying is that you know we can't necessarily even hit all needs that are uh, cult related because um, there's no models currently built for that for that. Right. Right. So, um, right. So there's no and that's, models. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to change is find. Okay. A way to to find the, the correct model um it does hit more people i'm never gonna be able to hit them all as you know with like for instance the manson family um right mm-hmm. there will always be a torchbearer too, you know <laughs> so um but that is also the nature of humans once they feel connected and loved by someone um yeah. if that some of them will will never believe anything different so yeah, that is. So,
0: as far as exiting, you know, this morning I had the pleasure to meet Joseph Simhart, I believe is the pronunciation of his last name. Yeah. And yeah. God, what a guy. And, you know, he just, the history of his knowledge directly being involved in cult exits, exit counseling, even rescues when they were legal. You say, what is the format? I mean, laws don't make it easy to help people getting out of cults either there's certain things you know a lot of restrictions and protection of religion Mm -hmm.
1: and listening to
0: him uh, clearly the kidnapping of someone is extreme to get them out (laughs) so that's banned in america right yeah (laughs) exactly and thank god you know my mom actually went to people at that time like him in the 80s that were doing the kidnapping and they said your kids grew up there um it might not work they'll go back so like it is still a conundrum isn't it
1: well it is um and and you know the the younger that one one is when going into a cult the more Mm -hmm. their sort of original wiring is Mm -hmm. is affected um and so you know if they're Brainwashed. Yeah, I the most common thing is the almost, if if early on they're taught this sky is pink, you know, and the whole world around them just insists that it's blue. There's the people; those people cannot make sense of the world, right? So oh yeah, I, I'm one of The world feels safer. <laughs> the world feels safer with the with the group of people that believes that the sky is pink, and of course, it's right. a metaphor, right? But yeah. um, but so so people will will tend to like navigate back to, you know, right. self-preservation in the safest situation for themselves, not really yeah. understanding because of, yeah. they were, they started at such like with you, you know, you started at such a young age before your mm-hmm. sense of logic and your sense of, um, your sense of like critical, uh, thinking really came into play. So it, all of your, if you're, all of your foundational beliefs are with this one specific set of beliefs, it, it definitely takes a lot harder, work um mm-hmm. to be able to come into the quote outside world if you will and, and tabby as a psychologist
0: in the field of psychology anyway i don't know all the titles you hold. because that's okay <laughs> there's you guys confuse me with all your titles but i know you're going for your phd so you're in this yeah. you're seriously in this and mm-hmm. so if i recall a sense of self of a kid is developed at age seven is that right I mean, it was, everyone is individually
1: different. It, it begins to be developed at an earlier age in toddlerhood, um, with yeah. that that idea that what they're finally realizing that they are a, a little bit separate from their parents. But it, it starts to develop. at, I would say, I, I don't have the Erikson chart with me, but I would say that um, <laughs> you know six, seven, eight that they're they're developing a yeah. personality, um, right. and so that my my both of my twins right now are sticks and they're okay. also the, they're also on the autism spectrum so there's some delays there but mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. though i i do notice that they're mm-hmm. especially one of them he's um very very opinionated he has his own plans mm-hmm. you know so um right. yeah so the personalities aside you know um they're s- still forever learning we are always forever learning about the world you know mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so they're learning about the world and then when they are moved into these environments where um, much of what they learn about the world is restricted and and reshapes into certain concepts then oh, yeah. it yeah then it's again that foundational concept uh, of these abstract ideas um, that that kind of I guess mess them up on the outside world when they finally do get away
0: and so it's it even
1: hard happen. for adults. Of course. Yeah. It's it's even I hard mean, for you're... adults, but adults um, who went in, say, let's say for myself, you know, adults who went in
0: early in mm-hmm. life,
1: but not pre logical, you know. You're pre- in your 20s, right? You pre- were like. I was, how old was I? Um, oh, no, no. Uh, maybe like 23, 24. Right. Um, that's what I was remembering. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so at the, by that point, my prefrontal cortex had at least mostly developed. Um, right. And so, right. Uh, w- w- when you get to children who's and teenagers whose prefrontal cortex are just developing, it makes it more challenging. And so that's one thing that, in right. terms of public perception, uh, that we just we have to be yeah. mindful of. You know, of we can't just go to like children who's who were stuck in, and these things at no choice of their own, and so like you know. Right. Well, you were just dumb to join this cult. That's totally <laughs> not true. You know? you mean you totally. mean my parents were. <laughs> yeah, because well, people, public, they don't separate. I don't I think. Know. And of course, I haven't done my tests, my um surveys yet, but they don't separate out the I know, you know gen- generations. So it's sad. Victim shaming. It's, it's actually shaming. pretty
0: horrific. Yeah. So. Yeah, the victim anyway, shaming knows no, no bounds. You're stupid for going to a cult. Let's just keep that going. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but see if we it. can get, but it's sort of like what you're coming at is if we can flip the perception on that, you're actually going to go to the very root of right. recruitment. So exactly. if we, you know, like if you had a, a thing that says, watch out for elevators, sometimes when it opens, the car might not be there. Don't walk in there. Well, right. sort of like this, don't, uh, go in unshielded to a potentially uh, manipulative situation or, sorry, multi-level marketing, uh, human improvement scams, it just, it goes on and on, but as you know, Um, but so with the vow
1: Well, and uh, let me interject here for a minute and we will get back to the vowel. but, but that's, that's not even the root. So it is, is important that we understand that that's not the root. The root is, why is our society feeling so low about themselves? Why are they feeling such low self-esteem? Why are they feeling like they don't have their stuff together to the point where they feel like they are seeking out these things, right? So what has gone on in our society, in our education, and in our, you know, the way we're raising children, in which children grow up with low self esteem or so they grow up not knowing who they are or not knowing what they want to do, where then that's when those needs, those big giant holes of needs are opening up and people are, mm-hmm. or transitional moments, you know, like, okay, well now what, right? <laughs> and so um, yeah. like, what is what is going on in our society that mm-hmm. that those voids exist to begin with, right? So, um, so there's multiple yes. levels of issues going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. So so trying to address the major the the like real root core, which is why are our children in society or or young adults feeling so unguided and alone in this world, you know? And and then second to that, why do we have narcissistic psychopaths who have decided to jump on that bandwagon and harm people who are just simply want to find out who they are?
0: And one of the things that keeps me up at night. I'd like to add a third question is, you know, why don't, um, government agencies interrupt cult behavior? And it seems that the laws literally are not enabled to attack. cult. Right. People. Well, I, I think that goes back to public perception
1: and, and okay. part of that circle, is, you know, right. Yeah. And part of that is because, um, according to the law right now, most places in our, at least in our country believe that people who are involved in religions and cults and things like that um, are consenting adults who know exactly what they're doing and are right. in control of themselves at all times. And so, um, so when you say, you know, try to go to law enforcement, uh, this cult is brainwashing me to do these things. They're going to say, I, okay, well you're, uh, you're an adult, so you're there by choice. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to say schizophrenia, right? So yeah, yeah. it's, um, it, there is no real, um, public awareness of of the fact
0: that coercion exists and it's a real thing and it's a, a horrible thing. Yeah, coercion. Um, I was talking to Sarah and Warner on the Body Cult, and uh, that's that cult out of Alaska that's now in Washington. And um, what what took place there was uh, like a molestation ritual, and when it went to court the judge said you know we can't um persecute uh people for coercing someone to participate in their own molestation that's what it came down to legally and it's like oh that's tricky because you know when you hold religion or even collateral over someone's head if you don't do this you're going to not move up a level you're not you're not going to be in this group you're not going to be approved you're not going to ascend you name it yeah different matter right well it's interesting that you say this and
1: i know we got to get on to the topic but i just sent uh over to dr lalich that um hmm. there was this this um i'm as part of my dissertation i'm trying to find a meta-analysis and there really is none so it's driving me you're crazy. trying to anyway. find what a meta-analysis it's part of oh. one of my homework assignments yeah. Anyway, but I found something that says spiritual leadership and organizational citizenship behavior meta analysis. So I thought, oh, okay, that's kind of the subject of what I'm looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is so, the strangest set of propaganda. Where it's like, how doing going beyond um, above and beyond the what you're employed for um, for the a spiritual leader. Is good for you and helps you build character. And this is a study, like a scientific study. I'm like, what <laughs> in the fresh propaganda hell is this? You know,
0: <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, what am I reading here? You know, Ooh, well, could, you you repeat, could you repeat? Could you repeat the thesis again?
1: Yeah. Um. The, the the let me find it again. Well, I'll repeat the title because I have the title here: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leadership and organizational citizenship behavior. Now, of course, that isn't to say that once we found a positive community you know that we wouldn't we wouldn't want to um the organizational citizenship behavior is you know when we decide to go above and beyond for this for the sake of the group or for the sake of the, and, the and like
0: a transcendental cause sometimes right yeah instant um they call
1: it um inner what do they call it um intrinsic cause yeah intrinsic, so, so like okay. intrinsic motivation where we because mm-hmm. we want to we're going to add value to this organization we're going to but, save the world yeah but but they even talk about things like you know sweeping the floors and st- as part of the these things and i'm like no that's just called um free labor cleanliness so, yeah. <laughs> and if the spiritual leader is like oh yes in order to be more spiritual then you need to sweep the floors like um right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're we're getting into those weird things of like Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, anyway, I, I'm just laughing because I, I just literally sent this last night and cause mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I ran onto it and I'm like, what, what is this? you know, and it's just really praising this whole process of, of that. And I don't even know how to sort that
0: yet because. Well, for me, but, the urban know. legend of Lawlish runs through everything. I yeah. love, <laughs> every time I get, get into something related to cults that's amazing and really rings for me, I'm like. Oh, my God, of course, Dr. Lalish was involved in this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, Anywhere from the author? The- oh,
0: of course it's her. <laughs> First, I haven't even made it through all her books. But, yes, revolutionary thinking. And she has just a sense of uh, the human condition that I haven't heard much. Like, the tone and everything that she has. Is, she really gets it. She really, really gets it, you know? Yeah, she's one of Very deeply. She's one of the people, the few people
1: that I talked to about, you know, the, the field and stuff like that. And, yeah. and she's a consult with the Freedom Train, so it's been Amazing. really great, you know, being, we want to have that, that kind of access to her. Uh, she's yeah. a very person, so she'll, she'll talk to anyone, but. She's but anyway, so, a
0: public resource.
1: So, so with the vow, um, now we can move on to that, but with the vow. Well, these I...
0: transcendental beliefs were like you're um, making, like, I remember you giving an example. Um, Can we share some feedback with you? And then blah, 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 and you have to take all that feedback, and this is gonna get you to the next level professionally, I guess, question mark? Yeah,
1: well, like, springboarding off of the topic we were just talking about with the organizational um, citizenship behavior, which is going above and beyond your employment. That was one of the core features. The way that Nexium worked um, was everyone, no one, barely anyone got paid. I should say, barely anyone got paid. Um, there were certain requirements you had to have met to get paid for even the MLM structure, if you will, the multi-level marketing. Yeah, you you had to enroll I don't know a ridiculous amount of people within 45 days, and then you could get paid. <laughs> um, mm. And I think if you once you became a proctor an orange stash, you could get paid but um for for certain things but everyone else works for free and so um you have then you have something like DOF that's created where literally everyone works for free
0: Mm -hmm. for the for
1: the good of the organization and and for the good of the person's own personal growth is at least how i'm understanding how they're talking about you know quick question
0: what does DOF stand for
1: uh it's dominus oh something i don't know come on latin, uh, i'll look right? that up. <laughs> it is latin yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. gotcha uh ubiquitous something i'm gonna look it up
0: um it is oh many no i don't know <laughs> yeah. oh it's dominus
1: obsequious sororium so okay uh, according to this website i'm looking up which is esquire and i don't know how accurate that is but You're uh, lord over the obedient female companions that seems like a whole bunch of Ooh. words to Ooh. replace three words but you know latin is it's is cra-
0: crazy like it's that. like can i translate <laughs> harem yeah
1: <laughs> well also yeah, known I mean, as a
0: harem but it, but it isn't even
1: but it's more than a harem and and yeah. so it's <laughs> Sorry, more than a harem. Yeah, I get it. it is, but it's more mm-hmm. than a harem in the sense that, like, the, the, there was different levels of slave master, right? So anyone can oh, become okay. a master and, and have their own slaves in that sense. So, uh, mm. I don't know about it. I wouldn't say anyone, but it was encouraged for women to mm. enroll other women. And they would then become a master and they would have slaves. So Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so that's the, the structure of this DOS project. Um, God. Yeah. So, um, and they called them pods and things like that. And so at least oh, according okay. to the information that's been released, you know, spreading. Yeah. And so, oh no, they had like a huge plan to, you know, have like 80% of, of membership of the United States or something like that. It was okay. a big
0: plan to spread. So, um, so just to, uh, to clarify, cause this is kind of details I was looking for as a person who doesn't know much about Nexium. Um, it's, um, it's the higher level trains, the higher levels, and then they create pods and they recruit women, women only. It's yes. Just... Das was
1: a female only, um, right. Gotcha. So that's where the sororium comes from. The
0: S part of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's a slave, uh, master slave role situation yeah so it's a it's a master
1: slave role in which at least as as far as i understand in which the slave um gives up all basically all of their power and will to the master Mm -hmm. um and this is meant to be at least this is how it was explained to them it was meant to be a um a growth factor so um if you are able to go grow beyond all of the discomfort that you have of answering to someone else at all times, any time of the day and following, if you are able to follow through with every single task you are given, that will make you a better person. Right. That will make you. It'll give a a lot of free labor too. Right. That will make you a stronger (laughs) citizen. It's not even just labor, you know, that'll make you a stronger citizen of the, of the world. Right. And, and so, um, you know, those double binds in there, the, the yes. only the people who really want to become super strong citizens of the world and citizens super world. super intelligent and super um, strong within themselves can can
0: make it here in DOS. So because um, Rainiri claimed to have I guess still does a uh, really really high IQ um, so he's he, imparting yeah. wisdom from that. Uh, he uh genius
1: uh, <laughs> no i mean so there's two <laughs> there's two different things in that question so right so um he he claims to have the highest iq which was recorded in a book where there was only a small handful of, of publications printed um and then of course he claims that soon after that marilyn Vostavant, who i think currently holds the record um then uh, in between his in between her getting the record and the printing of the book the category was dropped this is his claim this is what they told us in mexico oh the, cat- check the, the category. category was dropped right so uh-huh, then they uh-huh. took it out of all of the rest of the books so oh shoot the- <laughs> right so the last person known to have this category in the guinness book of world records is marilyn boston and uh-huh. so um so, you know, poor victim, Benary, he just, he, yep. he, you know, lost his opportunity there, but he still has the highest IQ, <laughs> right? So that's, his um, oh, you know, people <laughs> I've read, lots of people who make statements like, um, well, he got poor grades in school, things like that. So he probably doesn't, And you know, I don't know. I, I haven't ever seen his tests. Um, I do know that you never lots will. of, I do, well, what I do know is that um advanced psychopathy or advanced uh, uh antisocial personality disorder which of course i'm not diagnosing keith with but people who have antisocial personality disorder with psychopathy they do tend to have higher iqs mm-hmm. um so that that is a general theme um okay. it does take a high iq to try to to think um so deeply and so much about how to screw people over, you know,
0: <laughs> I know exactly, yeah. exactly. To create a, like a pyramid system, uh, so convincing, uh, you know, narrative to get people in line clamoring for it. And especially the Hollywood angle and the exclusivity I think really drives this, you know, people don't care if they're seen as a slave to a male which is ironic. You're, you know, wait, what? So there's yeah. this female empowerment, but ultimately I'm answering to a male at the top of this pyramid. Well, mm-hmm. they didn't know that though. That's the one thing is, I mean,
1: right. the first line, the first line people knew it, and they, they had planning meetings with them all the time, but as according to all the records, as people were enrolled, they were not told that they had a, you know, a male grandmaster, they were only told about their mm-hmm. next master in line, Um, uh-huh. and so, They only had to answer to that next master in line for the most part, you know? Okay. And so, um, so they, they did not know that until it all kind of came to a a giant head and, Mm -hmm. and exploded. And that's how it,
0: (laughs) that's how it, um, It sounds like it's like a Tupperware party in in suburban (laughs) neighborhoods. (laughs) Osteria lane. And, and it's like what rich board women might want to do. And then it spreads through the upper ranks, financial upper ranks really fast seems like and then uh, well when... yeah
1: what i think when, when number one um it started with a group of friends most of the women that were in that top line and the second line mm-hmm. all knew each other very well right mm-hmm. so they they all knew how to um uh, they all knew how they all knew each other for years and years and years and years so they knew each other's weaknesses they all emed each other they did explorations of meanings with each other all the time, right? So, so they really knew each other's names. They translate that, yeah. In Nexium, they had a process called an exploration of meaning, which was, um, you know, described to them as a way to unhook your Pavlovian links, right? So unhook any emotional <laughs> okay. responses to stimuli, um, and then, uh, but you know, they were all basically untrained people doing therapy
0: work, mm-hmm.
1: and. Um, with a narcissist in charge uh, or two, a narcissist or two in charge, <laughs> um, you have <laughs> people who are, um, when they kind of rewire their thinking process uh, as they're mm-hmm. doing that, they mm-hmm. rewire it in such a way that causes a person to become desensitized to things that they should not be desensitized to. So, mm-hmm. a, an example I always give is um, when you're getting a, they call it an EM, an expression. When you're getting an EM on maybe, childhood harm. Um to to use a safer work phrase, childhood harm. Um they instead of um helping the person process the harm that was done to them, they might, for instance, tell you that the the person who was doing the harm um really had your best intention in mind and they were just doing their best. And so they have you have compassion for the person who's wow. committing a crime against you wow. and so that right so that's that's the danger of having a narcissist in charge but also mm-hmm. of having you know non non um educated people often mm-hmm. doing that you know because that to them is like yeah that's the way it's supposed to be done but as a, a a therapist who is an ethical therapist would go what in the world is happening here uh-huh. <laughs> you
0: know? like it's dangerous,
1: yeah you know so in so
0: other words, Stockholm syndrome. Let's get it popular. Yeah, so it creates. Well, Stockholm syndrome can do,
1: be done without the EMS, but Stockholm uh-huh. syndrome is uh, is uh, created as a sense of safety, right? So, right. If if a if a victim doesn't have feel like they're ever going to get out of the situation, the only way they're going to survive is if they uh, like align themselves with their captor. Um. Then yes.
0: Yeah. So, that,
1: so that's exactly
0: a, what my sister and I had to do. Yeah, exactly.
1: Boom. <laughs> so, you,
0: you know, a you lot said of people. You said
1: exactly. It. So, and and that is exactly what a lot of people do, you know, yeah. is, well, you know, because of all these other things, which I perceive as a benefit, um, I, I, I can't leave, but they don't really stop to think it's also because I don't have any money. It's also because I don't have any friends anymore or family who are yeah. Me anymore. Yeah. But they're like, oh, it's because I get community, and I don't want to go without
0: community, you know? And the critical thinking's been kind of, like, beat down, or is a structure of thinking that, you know, doesn't allow it. So it's kind of like, what you're talking about is so interesting. Um, You're right. Uh, The thinking about why I can't leave is even skewed. Exactly. Like, if you could examine, uh, it's because I have no resources hey, what am I in a situation where I have no resources for? Wait a minute, stop.
1: Exactly, because you have no resources because you're building a wonderful community.
0: <laughs> you right? don't need them.
1: So, a... Right, so the goal is to like forget. Yeah. Don't focus on the fact that you don't have any money, you don't have any friends. Yeah. In fact, Nexium took it one step further and said, um, even though you don't have any money or any friends, it would really show that you really cared about yourself and your personal growth, if you were able to find the money. And, and they said that a lot. So, um, Ooh, yeah,
0: girl. so going back so to the Dow,
1: <laughs> when there are people who are so. higher up in the organization, making claims or statements that like, I didn't know any of these horrible things were occurring. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, Linda, listen, yeah. I <laughs> I was there, and and I was there when they told me those things, you know, like, they may, of course, have been repeating the same traumatic things that were said to them, and Mm -hmm. I can buy that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. victims do perpetrate against people, Um, Mm -hmm. but but they were there, you know, so uh, they were also the ones saying, well, if you really believed in yourself and in your growth, then, then you would find $9,000 for this, uh,
0: for this, for this course or whatever it is, you know, and new intensive. No, we, yeah. I remember you telling us you had you were actually put to task on that one group moment. Like you either sign up for this or you don't love yourself. If you don't have the money, then you can do it in collati- uh, in a uh, work exchange.
1: Yes, that's that's correct. One second. Uh, no, I. That's cannot-
0: not a choice. Oh, that's oh, actually please. a. a second. Yeah. <laughs> baby in the house. Yeah, that's the other one. Uh, this is what the Sunday to- casual chats are all about. Yeah, he knows you know how, how to I'm saying?
1: what's going on with him. <laughs> He's, he's my speller. He's, he's the one, he's gonna give me trouble <laughs> one day.
0: He's for like, six, oh. That's pretty good for six.
1: Yeah, he's the reason why we can't spell anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The parent he was, go-to. Right? One day he was reading over my shoulder <laughs> on, on WhatsApp, it, uh, what I was Uh-oh. talking to. oh I was like, and he was like, Mom, what's this? And I'm like, boy, if you don't
0: get your eyes off my children! <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it's too smart for his own good. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah, so wait, uh bounded choice is what that is. It's really yeah. literally like you have a shit sandwich or shit soup. Which would you like? <laughs> well, I don't want shit anything. What but... <laughs> yeah, what if I don't do uh scat? Is there a non scat option? You know? <laughs> right, yeah. All right. So
1: god. exactly, yeah. And and that is so hmm. when i watched when i was watching the vow that was the one thing that really popped out to me was um that it, you know the, and i i can believe to some degree that some of them maybe because they were caught so early on by keith um mm-hmm. that they they before their prefrontal cr- cortex had the ability to fully like grow in and that is an important process in our in our lives mm-hmm. um, but because they were caught, like at age 18, for instance, um, that they may have been misguided, right? So, and I can understand that. But, um, but at some point, um, when it starts coming out in the media that it's a cult, so when it starts coming out in the media that people are killing themselves, at some point, there mm. has to be this little tug that's like, um, let's question this some. You know but and, and people would get in trouble for questioning and mm-hmm. i was one of them i questioned all the time and so i would be sent to classes or be told to get ems and things like that um but you know oh, how dare you critically students. think i know well they so so nexium claims that they were teaching people how to critically think and i think <sighs> part of those claims is what gets people confused right so they were teaching you we're mm-hmm. not teaching you what to think we're teaching you how to think almost anyone in this room right now who was part of nexium like can raise their hand and go yep yep that's what they said you know mm-hmm. um and so they were claiming they're teaching us critical thinking but they were teaching us um they were they were not <laughs> so yeah. they were. they were teaching us how to think <laughs> along their party lines I call it critical thinking right. for instance having an entire module dedicated or two dedicated on def- not defining cults right so <gasps>
0: um,
1: yeah so they have a whole two-hour module on the reason why people say the word cult is because they're afraid and they don't know but really uh are they doing a bad thing you know and so we examined cults and whether or not cults were doing bad things and stuff like that. And which was and, the season opener. Um, yeah, actually there
0: was something in, in the, that, that the little clip. Yeah. 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 That, that's exactly. so gaslighting. Like you mm-hmm. might've heard. And, and, and I'd like to go back to your personal story with Allison Mack. Mm-hmm. Her saying to you, you told us, she said to you, a lot of people are calling Nexium." a cult. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and know, it disarms you. Work. Right, it disarms you. It's like, oh, okay. Well, let, let's put out that up front because like those people are all stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Control and, the narrative. And, yeah, and they exactly, and they weren't there. They didn't take it. You know, mm-hmm. let's not let's not talk about how even if they did want to take it, they'd still be charged the ten thousand dollars. Um, like, so so that's that tends to be the the big issue with um, <laughs> with with front-loading with the bad news, you know, yes. is a, when you front-load with bad news, we do that for a purpose. Like, if you have okay. a friend or someone, you know, and this is all of us, not, like, cult leaders or anything, but all of us, you know, like, do you want the good news or the bad news first, right? And people bad say, so sometimes people say the good news, and sometimes people say just get the bad news out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, but when you front-load with bad news, and then move on to the good news, right? People are like, oh man, that's such terrible news. Okay, let's go for the good news, and then it kind of diffuses the bad news, right? So, um, so that's that's what happens when you front load with with that. Is that people tend to put it aside in lieu of the good news that they're about to hear because they they mm-hmm. tend to think about the last thing that they heard.
0: So you think that that is their that's what they're doing with the. You might have heard Nexium is a cult. I think that that has a lot to do with it because
1: they do know, and they did state several times that, um, that people tend to stick with the last information that they've heard. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is, that it, that does tend to be true for us. It's, um, um, is if, you know, we could have heard, um, uh, we uh, I don't know if it's saying like earpods, you're running low, but that, you know, we could have heard 10 million good things about us in one day. I mean, that's probably a lot, five good things about us in one day. And then hmm. someone says something critical, and if our self-esteem is low, um, it might really offset us, and we forget that the whole day... How, how many of us have had bad days? Like, at the end of the day, the day's bad, you know, something bad happens, like, oh, I've had such a bad day, you know, even though the rest of the day was relatively good. Um, hmm. So so that's how we tend to, to remember mm-hmm. that recency experience, you
0: know? So we tend to remember things like that. It's funny being so bold to say like i didn't know they had prepared material uh you know basically counterintelligence or whatever um mm-hmm. trying to do marketing uh mm-hmm. but gosh you know like it's on video uh some of you think we're a cold. Well, what you're mm-hmm. hearing is people being afraid of something new and wonderful or whatever the <laughs> terminology <laughs> it's like you can spend anything You can.
1: And a lot of the times they told us that people were afraid of new things and bad people were afraid of good things. So (laughs) that's, that's how they spun it for us. So obviously what's left over is Nexium, which is new, is a good thing because look, there are bad people who are trying to hurt it. And so, so going back to that critical thinking, Mm -hmm. we feel like we're critical thinking, right? We're like, oh yeah, that Um, makes a lot of sense and and they lead the person to feel like yeah
0: that we came to a solid conclusion there that's crazy. um you might if you're <laughs> i saw you blink in and out like you're trying to disconnect you can just go to speakerphone if your your pods run out because it was clear last time just fyi um but yeah so so the idea of um a fake module of critical thinking to stop you from critical thinking like a decoy almost man you're oh, really yeah. breaking this down this is interesting to me
1: yeah And um, my, my pods are at 80 percent, so it must
0: be the case that's running low which don't even oh, bother me with that man <laughs> so, so it's like it's like um it's like here you just did this little mental exercise now you critically thought now let's move on mm-hmm. let's do some more language loading exactly oh, what you know. a trip and and that front loading
1: process is super powerful. So so like let okay. me point out something even more powerful for you guys. Right at the end of the vow, what happened?
0: Oh, you put me on the spot. Point.
1: That's okay. I can remember. I at, the the episode,
0: uh-huh. at the end of the first episode. At the end of the first episode. I remember the girls Nancy. talking about still supporting Renier. No,
1: e. Nancy wa- walks in at the end of the episode. Sits down. First, they show her like holding her, holding one of the sashes and kind mm-hmm. of contemplating and thinking. But at the end of the episode, she says something along the lines of 20 years building this program and like where I'm at now, right? Mm. And then, you know, goes on this line of I, I never could have imagined this.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what
1: they're doing is they're front loading, they're front loading her episode or, or more information that's coming soon
0: so that we can all kind of
1: carry that through to the next episode right sure and so you know storytelling is manipulative in general so we we lead people to the story they want them to know and so and i'm I'm not trying to make any (laughs) any like and that's
0: why fables and myths are used so much in biblical and other religious presentations
1: yes because they they're easy easy to pass down uh-huh. Uh, they're they're usually broken down into easy to tell stories and things like that. So right. Um, but yeah, so so that so we're front loaded with this information about Nancy um, mm-hmm. that most of us wouldn't. Sorry, my children are excited about something. Um, so most of us they know insults. their mom's
0: awesome. That's probably it. <laughs>
1: they're, my they're mom game. is the
0: awesome mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're gamers.
0: They they uh, they <laughs> they're future with gamers. This
1: no they are gamers now and they like i said they oh. have their own youtube channel which really i'm the editor so there's only two two videos up there because it managed to work but
0: <laughs> wait that's too cute i want yeah. you to put that in the chat
1: yeah let me see it's flame and bolt um oh it's, it's super you can cute sure yeah. yeah i know um but if you yeah mind. so so you know again the vow storytelling is unique and it's to to each show right and so and the vow has that unique perspective of being on the ground during um the breakdown of nexium and during right. the um, you know during the initial parts of the trial and so, right. or i guess For the whole sure. trial. so um yeah. so getting getting access to nancy would make sense probably you know sometime around after she she decided to um is, what, what was it um plead guilty yeah that's the term um <laughs> <laughs> and um and so they got her for that they got her uh-huh. in they got her after that which is important because likely had they got anyone on camera before that point they would mm-hmm. still be holding fast to you know to the the teachings of is
0: that. the trial next week for one of the recruiters who is it no,
1: cool. so the trial next week is uh, Mark. I don't know if it's a trial; it's a hearing, I think. But it's for Mark Elliott, who okay. is a um, next. At least the last I checked, he was a Nexium supporter. Um, I think he still is. He he sometimes holds pro Nexium symposiums about how they saved his life because he had Tourette's, and now he doesn't have Tourette's. Um, and so he does all these public speakings. There's healing in public. in Nexium. That sounds like New Age
0: now uh well that's questionable right so okay yeah um, i mean even fake healing to appear i didn't know that was in their doctrine okay
1: yeah no so it it's it the tourette situation incidentally came about right so they had um (laughs) they they claimed the healing sometimes they would claim like when i first joined they claimed that uh that like some people had had cancer and then they went to the program and their cancer disappeared but
0: um
1: yeah so there's some that's what my cult did <clears throat> yeah and so so much okay so but the Tourette's thing became an incidental finding so uh, I think <laughs> it was even maybe even through Mark Elliott but um, he had Tourette's he went through not because he had Tourette's but I think he, he went through the program and as he was going through the program lo and behold his Tourette's started to become more manageable um <laughs> <laughs> and so they made a a study that where they invited several other people with Tourette's and many of their Tourette's also healed. So they made a documentary at the time about Tourette's. Um, and oh, wow. they've, they've aired the documentary a few times, and I don't know where or okay. when. But, um, I'll be but looking what I can, can tell you, what I can tell you, is, that, scoop. Some of the, uh, that, is that, that some of the um, participants in that study, which was not as an IRB-sanctioned study, some of the participants in that study claiming damages so um they they were it was not merely just like take this course and then you'll be free of Tourette's it was daily berating it was just Mm. horrific inhumane treatment and so essentially Tourette's is often brought on by stress and neurology and um (laughs) so essentially they became under duress to quote control their behaviors so um it just became a nightmare for some. Of they them, beat so. it
0: out of them <laughs> so, well and i shouldn't maybe say that you know, legally
1: mentally but
0: maybe uh-huh. mentally
1: but yeah for so people. um but you know so anyway so I, I guess some footage of mark speaking um was in, included in in the documentary i was in okay and so that you know upset him and so he he, he was suing them for
0: so that's the dispute against mark. seduced
1: So yeah so this hearing is about um the slap laws or anti-slap laws i'm not sure exactly but basically like um when documentaries are created um it's really hard to just like sue a documentary you know so Mm -hmm. for for the um the fair use of the materials especially when one is giving public statements and things like that so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um so that's what that is about um it's just but it but it is involving a um a person who is still you know a torchbearer if you will and i don't want to call them any other phrases because you know a lot of people may call them other names that are more derogatory but uh, honestly most of them i think are still doing the best they can with what they have um yeah but they just are misled in that sense they're not snapped out of
0: it yet in my opinion yeah uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I understand because even when you leave a cult, you might still continue rituals and then realize how useless they are. And like it took me a couple of years to stop some rituals and behaviors and daily routines that I had learned in the cult. It takes a time to shake it off, you know? Right. Um, exactly. And we're close to wrapping. If anyone has any questions for Tabitha. She's been so gracious to join us here for about an hour, over yeah. an hour today.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's been so, in- it's been very interesting. I, but if I you wanted this. to wrap,
1: I, I, you're, you're really fun to talk to. And I appreciate it. <laughs> you
0: are too. And, and without the uppity, um, <laughs> vibe that some people would like to bring to these arenas, I just think it's not appropriate um like if you really want to help humanity you know get down in the weeds and you're there you're in the weeds my friend <laughs> you're like <laughs> this dissertation um that you're working on oh it just warms my heart that a next generation is picking up where people like dr rolish left off or, yeah. really this is cool because this is one of the things that zimhart was saying today is that uh people are aging out the exit counseling business yeah we need more we it's almost like you know wait (laughs) keep the torch going like there was for example there was a resurgence in swastika and nazi information Mm -hmm. as survivors of the holocaust began to die off Mm -hmm. sort of similarly cults are making this incredible resurgence and Uh, You know, we need more people who are knowledgeable uh, about the coercion and the manipulation tactics that happen in these groups. And you're just like, a beacon. I love talking to you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, my goal is, my ultimate goal is to help victims, uh, to, uh, and there are, and there are ultimate victims. (laughs) So my ultimate goal is to help victims. uh, And then also to prevent the i guess to reduce the amount of um the the pool of potential victims for cult leaders by creating awareness and Mm -hmm. and um and like if i do this dissertation the way that i'm thinking then it would also um reduce that participation pool by um correcting perceptions of of not just the general public but also law enforcement uh so it's important as law enforcement interact with cult members or or cult situations and they're not like they don't walk away going Oh, consenting adults doing what consenting adults do um and so yeah and then um, obviously that would hopefully lead to more coercive control laws and things like that so
0: and it what... seems like the uk is ahead of us in coercive control laws uh, actually, just, the uk like...
1: has a, a whole course of control master's degree program so oh. i'm having to I'm having to manipulate my math, my doctorate degree to involve cult stuff. So, I mean, right? It's uh, it's it's uh, forensic psychology, public policy, and law. So it's 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 still like valid, but but it's not you know directly focused on cult specific. So,
0: yeah. We, Can you tell everyone where to find your material and where your website is? Um, uh, well, I have a lot of different
1: things. So um, so the International Cult Awareness. Uh, month is just internationalcultawareness.org. The Freedom Train Project is my my victim outreach agency. Uh, the Freedom Train Sorry. Um. Let me see. TabbyChapman.com is my personal website, which I don't keep up too much. I do therapy through Life Source uh, Counseling Services. You're
0: listening to the Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com